Welcome to the Christ Walk Podcast. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? So good to see you guys. Um, before we jump into the message for today, uh, I just want to um, thank everybody that made yesterday, our Serve Day 2019, possible. Um, we, uh, not only were we serving our community, and, and it wasn't just um, Christ Walk Church involved, there were other churches in our community, but we were partnering um, with churches literally across the country as a part of a national serve day where churches were serving in their communities nationwide. And so um, we truly were the body of Christ come together to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And yesterday we had a couple projects that we served on. Uh, In the morning, we served at the FIT um, Distribution Center, Families in Transition with Nassau County Schools. And we um, we organized clothes and other goods, and we did some, uh, even some yard work and some uh, mowing and trimming and uh, shrub cutting. What, what do you call that? Like shrub trimming, I guess. Maybe you can tell that I work in the yard a lot. Um, yeah, it's all dependent on me. Thank God for people like Tony Dean and Russ Wilkins and others that do that, that keep, you know, guys like me in the know and, and keep us straight. But, um, so we did stuff like that and, uh, to get them ready for their big back to school push where a number of families and kids are going to be there, um, getting, uh, clothes and, and school supplies and things ready for the school year. And then yesterday afternoon, um, we partnered with a local organization called SHARP, which stands for Sharing Hope and Reaching People. And um, we, we cooked meals for um, the homeless in our area. And uh, for those that, that weren't able to, to make it there um, to, the, to the site where we were distributing the meals, um, we packed them all up into go boxes and we were loading them in the back of people's cars and they were driving all around the island and finding people to distribute the meals and everything. And I think altogether we had a team of uh, 33 people all wearing our orange here to serve t-shirts. So the Christ Walk Army, Orange Army was in full effect yesterday and um, they, they served well, they led well, they loved well. And, um, and then for those of you that, that maybe supported this financially, you know, through your giving and like you, when, when you give to Christ Walk, you make things like this possible. Um, I don't know if, if you're aware or not, but it's not just about us inside the four walls of this building right here. It's about so much more than that. And when you give financially and when you support um, with, your, with your presence, you give your time and, and your talent, um, you help us to do so much more than, than we could ever do alone. And so for everybody that was involved in any capacity with your, um, your finances, your prayers, showing up and, and actually helping us to serve, um, from the bottom of my heart, I just wanna say thank you um, for, uh, for all of that. It's, it's an incredible honor to pastor a church that's so involved in its community and, and to say that I'm a proud pastor is certainly an understatement. Um, so I'm just excited about what God is doing here and how he's using our church and its people to make a difference in our community. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Yeah. So yeah, there's some really good stuff going on and, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're a part of it. And uh, hopefully one of the good things is going on is this message series that we're in, The Miracles of Jesus. And so if you've got a Bible um, or a smart device, I wanna encourage you to uh, turn with me or swipe with me to um, the Gospel of Luke. And we're gonna be in Luke chapter 13 today. Now, if you're unaware, the Bible is divided up into two larger sections. You have the Old Testament at the front and then the, the second large section 
section is the New Testament, and Luke is found in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, it's, it's three books in, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call those the Gospels. And the reason we call them the Gospels is because gospel means good news. And those books are good news because they tell the story of the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so that's where we've been in the Gospels for the past several weeks. And then this morning, in just a moment, we will land in Luke chapter 13 together for our message today. But I got to know, has anybody here ever been to like the grocery store or to Target or Walmart or anything? And, um, and, and you grab, you know, you grab a buggy and, and you're going through the aisles and all of a sudden you look down and you see that like your buggy, it's got one of those like rogue little spinny wheel things. You know what I'm talking about? Like on the front of it, it's just got a mind of its own. And you're like, oh man, but the buggies, they're all the way back at the front of the store. And you know, you got some stuff to get. And, and so you start loading the cart only to realize that the cart is, it's way more messed up than you thought. And so when you, when you start putting things in it, the weight shifts and, and gets unevenly distributed. And then all of a sudden you're, you're going down the cereal aisle and you take out Captain Crunch, you know, you just make a hard left and boom, he's, he's down for the count. Or, or um, maybe, maybe some of you, um, you've got a golf game like me and um, you have to line up like aiming way to the left to accommodate for your slice in your swing, you know, like, like you're, you mean to hit the ball that way, but it actually goes over there. And so you have to line up like you're going to hit it, you know, onto the next hole, uh, you know, to, to boomerang that thing around and, and, and bend it around. Or, or maybe if you don't shop for groceries and you don't play golf, maybe you've at least driven a car. Anybody driven a car that was in dire need of a front end alignment, you know, and like you're constantly having to like wrestle with the steering wheel to like keep it between the lines because it's, it's always wanting to jerk to the left or the right. And if you're driving down 200, it's even worse because of the potholes and the misaligned pavement and everything. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a difficulty when things get out of alignment in our lives, it ends up taking us off course. We end up finding ourselves where we never intended to be in the first place. And no doubt some of us have experienced situations in our lives where things, they just get bent out of shape or they're just out of alignment. Maybe you've experienced something like that in your health or in your marriage, your relationship with friends. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your finances, but there's, there's certain things from time to time and situations that we walk through where stuff in our lives is just out of alignment. It's bent out of shape and it causes us to get off course and end up in a place that we never intended to be. Chances are that's where a lot of us are today in one situation or another. That there's been something, some part of our life along the way that maybe just by a degree or two or maybe by several has gotten bent or misaligned and now we've ended up in a place we never set out intending to be. Today we're in part five of a series that we're calling The Miracles of Jesus where we're taking a look at a handful of the miracles that Jesus performed in the Gospels of the New Testament to hopefully identify some specific principles from those stories, from those situations that we can apply to our own lives in order to position ourselves to be able to receive a miracle as well. 
And all the way back in week one, in part one of this series, we took a look at Jesus' first miracle when he turned water into wine at the wedding of Cana. And we discovered that, that the best is yet to come because of Jesus, that, that when Jesus is at work in our lives, that that means that the best is yet to come. And then in, in, in part two, we took a look at a time when Jesus healed a man with a skin disease, with leprosy. And we learned that whatever will allow Jesus to touch, that he will transform. And then a couple weeks ago, we, we talked about when Jesus was on, was on the hillside with the multitudes and all he could find was a little boy's lunch of five loaves and two fish. And he fell, fed over 5,000 people with that little boy's lunch. And, and we learned that, that if, we, if we seek Jesus for, for supper, we can be satisfied temporarily. But if we'll call on him as savior, we'll be satisfied forever. And then last week, we, we looked at a time when, when Jesus, his disciples, they were out on the lake, uh, the, the lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee, and they were, they were in a, the middle of the storm, and they were rowing to try to keep up with the wind and the waves, and Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And we talked about how in the areas of our life where we're struggling, Jesus is strolling, and today we're going to take a look at a time when Jesus healed a woman on the Sabbath day and see if there are some things in this story that we can apply to our lives today as well. So let's jump in together uh, to read about this story in Luke chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 10 and we'll eventually make our way to um, verse 17, but Luke, 10, or Luke 13, 10 through 17 and my Bible reads like this, starting with verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. All right, so right off the bat, there's just something you need to know. Like this was not um, out of the ordinary for Jesus to do. In fact, um, during his earthly ministry, he spent his time going from town to town, city to city, place to place. And whenever he did, he would often enter into the synagogue and he would read from the scriptures and he would teach the people that had gathered there. And, and even with his earthly ministry, it's not like this was anything new. If you um, may recall, for those of you that know a lot about the the life of Jesus. When he was 12 years old, um, his parents, Mary and Joseph, they won parents of the year because they actually um, got three days away from the city that they were at before they realized that they had lost their son. And so they travel back and they find him and he is there 12 years old and he is in, in the synagogue and he's teaching and he's having a conversation with the leaders. Um, and so from uh, early on, um, you know, even at a young age and like he told his parents, like he had to be about his father's business. And so over the course of his life and no doubt within his earthly ministry, he would have regularly found himself among the people in the synagogues going to church just like we are this morning, and he would have been teaching from the scriptures. And this particular day was no different. The city that they were in, um, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day, and people had gathered to listen and to hear him speak. And verse 11 says that a woman was there who for 18 years had an evil spirit in her that made her crippled. Her back was always bent. She could not stand up straight. It's important to note that the issue that, uh, that plagued this woman, it, it wasn't anything new. She had dealt with it for 18 years. 
And when I read that, like, I just can't help but wonder some things about this woman, about her life, about the, the ailment that she had, the infirmity that she was experiencing. Like, this had gone on for quite some time. I mean, 18 years, that is a long time. And, and I can't help but wonder if, 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 like, she ever got to the place where she just kind of gotten used to it, you know? Like, she'd just gotten used to the fact that her, her spine was out of alignment, that it was, it was bent, that it was messed up. And, or or maybe, maybe she'd even um, been able to just get comfortable with it and just, she's just learned to, learned to just deal with how it is. And, and 18 years on and on and on, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, like, like is it possible that over that time that she just began to accept it? She just began to accept that, that this, is, this is just how it's gonna be. This is just the hand that life has dealt me. Could it be that, that over the course of those 18 years that, that something happened and that, that where we find her today in the middle of this story that, that perhaps it's, it's no longer her infirmity that's holding onto her, but she's begun to hold onto her infirmity? that it's become like the thing that she's known for and, and her identity and she's just accepted the fact that this is just the way things are. Don't you and I do that sometimes in our own life? The, the things that we experience, sometimes there's just stuff that happens and we just take it for, well, I guess this is just how it's gonna be, you know? I guess my marriage is just gonna be like this, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I wish it was better. I wish we communicated better. Better. I, I wish we enjoyed spending, uh, spending more time together. And, but I guess this is just how it's gonna be, right? I, I, guess, I guess maybe we're just, we're just gonna live paycheck to paycheck for the rest of our lives, you know? Like, this is just, this is the hand we've been dealt. This is just, this is how it's gonna be. Like, you know? Uh, for those of you in school, like, I guess I'm just gonna make D's for the rest of my life. You know, D stands for diploma, right? <laughs> guess I'm just gonna, you know, like, I'm not gonna be able to do well on my, on my standardized tests. You know, I'm, I'm not, gonna, not, not gonna be able to, 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 to get out of high school. Like I, I might have to settle for a GED or, or, or if, if, I, if I do get my, my high school diploma, well, you can forget college and certainly not a master's degree and, and, and doctorate. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm making D's, like this is, this is just, just who I am. I guess this is, this is it for me or, you know, I'll just, I'll just be stuck in this job. Like, I don't have any real like qualifications. My resume isn't very spectacular. There's, there's really nothing else for me. I, I guess this is it. Like this is just the job that I'm gonna have. This is, this is who I'm gonna be or, or maybe it's, um, may, maybe, maybe for those of you that are parents, you know, you look at your kids and say, are they ever gonna behave differently? Like is, like, is this it? Like, this is just how they're gonna, like, they're gonna live in rebellion and they're gonna choose, like, this lifestyle. And it, like, is, I guess this is just how it is for us. No matter what we do, this is just, these are our kids. This is, this is how it is. There's people that, that, that they grow up and, and they, they experience um, homosexual tendencies. And, and at first, they, they think, well, Surely this is this is wrong. This isn't natural. This isn't how 
God made me. But then over the course of time, it just continues. And well, I, I guess I was just born this way, right? I guess I've just got to give into it. I guess this is just how it's meant to be. Some of us get up in the morning and we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I guess I'm just always going to be overweight and out of shape. Like there's nothing that I can do that seems to make any difference, no diet, no, like whatever. This is just who I am. We get bad news from the doctor. He says it's cancer. Well, I guess that's it. I guess this is, this is, this is my life. This is, this is who I am. Like We sit in our living room late in the evening, clutching a bottle or a handful of pills or a syringe. So badly we want to shake these addictions. We just can't. I guess this is it. I guess this is just the way that I'm gonna live my life. I guess I've just got to accept it. Come to the point when we experience things like this that we just get to the place where we start to believe that there's no hope for us, that nobody could love us, that, that God could never forgive us, that our sin is too great, that our baggage is too heavy for God to be able to deal with and we carry those things and year after year after year after year we find ourselves in the position of this woman completely bent over beneath the weight of the struggle and the adversity that we've come up against. But then verse 12 happens. And in verse 12, Luke writes, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, woman, you are free from your sickness. Jesus put his hands on her and immediately she was able to stand up straight and began praising God. Now, this woman, the, the, the word that the scriptures use, like when you look at it in um, the, original, the original language, um, it, it, it means that she was, she was truthfully, she was, she was bent over or bowed over, like f- almost folded in half. And she dealt with this condition for, for 18 years. And, and no doubt that you can imagine if you're bent over or bowed in half that this definitely changes your perspective your outlook, your approach to everything, you know, about life in general. Like this is a very different way to approach life than this. And so for 18 years, this woman had learned to approach life this way. Her perspective was completely changed. No doubt when we experience things like that and we're crushed beneath the weight of a burden and, and there's something that has, has gotten us bent out of shape or misaligned, that opens up opportunity for bitterness to come in. Maybe some of us, our perspective on life has shifted to where we're looking at it through the lens of bitterness. Maybe we're looking at life today through the lens of doubt or fear or hatred or jealousy or anger because the burden that we carry has caused us to change our perspective and our approach and the way we view our lives. And so this woman, she, she, was, she was completely bent over and she was not the only one in the crowd that day at the synagogue. 
And because of that, it's, it's, it's likely that, that she wouldn't have been able to see. I mean, you can imagine like, number one, like if you're bent over like this, you can't really see much except for the floor. And then if you're also bent over like this, you're considerably shorter than everyone else around you. So as the crowd had gathered to hear Jesus, not only could she not see, but it also made it difficult for her to be seen. But then Jesus stepped in and he saw her. You need to know today that, that the situation that you're facing, the struggle that you find yourself in, the, the infirmity, the baggage, the, the weight that you are being crushed beneath, that Jesus sees you in the midst of it. Not only did he see her, but he called her to him. Not only does Jesus see us, but he is calling us to him. He's not just waiting on us to go to him. He is actively seeking us out, pursuing us. He wants to draw us close to him. And when he does, he has the power to make straight those things that are bent out of shape. Now, in a lot of the miracles that we read that Jesus performs, it talks about the faith of the other person. He'll even use statements like, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. But that's absent from this passage. See, it wasn't anything about this woman's faith that caused her to be healed. And in fact, after 18 years of dealing with this infirmity, I I'm beginning to think that, that maybe she didn't have any faith or if she did have any, that it was hanging on by a thread. Maybe some of you are here today because of the experiences of your life. Maybe there's a certain situation that you've been dealing with for some time and you're hanging on by a thread of faith, wondering, is God ever gonna hear my prayer? Is God ever going to do anything to change my situation? even though your faith may be dwindling today, you need to know that Jesus can still move in your life. With one touch, he can completely transform your situation. And the result of this woman's life, when Jesus touched her, the, the result that took place, the Bible says that she began to glorify God. It was, it was praise, that's what came out, that praise came out. And for 18 years, she was bowed over, she was bent over, and there's not really much to praise when you're looking at the floor. But can you imagine that church service that day when for the first time, after experiencing the touch of Jesus in 18 years, this woman stood up straight and she raised her hands to heaven and praises and glory Unto God the Father, we're gonna come out of her mouth. And I can't help but think that for somebody here that's facing something and your faith is dwindling, maybe the key to unlocking that in your own life is just begin to praise the Lord as if you've already received your miracle. Because when it happens, that's going to be the end result. So why wait? Why wait until it happens? Go ahead and begin to praise him now for the thing that you want, for the thing that you desire, and then watch him move in your life. It was praise that was the result of this lady's life. Verse 14 says this. 
It says the synagogue leader was angry because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. He said to the people, there are six days when one has to work. So come to be healed on one of those days and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, the Lord answered, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you untie your work animals and lead them to drink water every day, even on the Sabbath? This woman that I healed, a daughter of Abraham, has been held by Satan for over 18 years. Surely it is not wrong for her to be freed from her sickness on the Sabbath day. Verse 17, when Jesus said this, all of those who were criticizing him were ashamed, but the entire crowd rejoiced at all the wonderful things Jesus was doing. Now, when we read this story about this woman, we're never told her name. She's nameless. We only identify her by her condition. And no doubt in the community of people in which she lived, that's how she was known. She was known as the woman with the crippled spine, the lady that walks funny, the woman that's bent over in two. That's how she would have come to be known. And for 18 years, in a time when the average life expectancy was only around 35 years old, so for half of her life, she was bent over. She was made low. She was overlooked for 18 years. And then she comes in and she receives healing from this man named Jesus and, and the Pharisees, they start to discount her healing. They start to say, no, this should not be so. It happened on the Sabbath day. There's, there's six days for work to take place, but not on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. And, and Jesus responds, even accuses them of, of equating her on the same level as animals. He says, even your farm animals, you will take to water them on the Sabbath. So isn't this woman of greater value than that? And then he calls her, a daughter of Abraham. He establishes with those three words, daughter of Abraham, giving her a new name, a new identity. He establishes in her a, a genealogy, which to the Jewish people was something of great importance. To be able to trace it all the way back to Abraham would, would have been something of, of very high profile. The Bible is, is full of several instances where it talks about the, the genealogies and the generations of people. And these, this was long before the days of 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all of those things. And just with three words, Jesus says, this daughter of Abraham, she's given a new identity. But it was through the genealogy, through through the generations that land and other goods were passed down. So by calling this woman a daughter of Abraham, not only has he given her a new identity, but he's told her you are worthy of an inheritance. See, for so long, the enemy has tried to convince us, tried to convince you that you don't belong what the Pharisees were doing to this woman that day. They, they essentially looked at her and they said, she doesn't belong. She's not worthy of being healed. They equated her with farm animals. 
And for the longest time, the, the enemies try to convince you that you don't belong, that you don't have an identity. He's trying to make you think that, that, that you don't matter to God. He's trying to get you to believe those lies, that you don't belong and that you don't matter, that God doesn't care about you. But somebody here today needs to know that you are not going unnoticed by God. He has seen you. And not only has he seen you, he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth and to die on the cross so that you and I can be called children of God. And for those of us who become children of God, guess what that means? Not only do we get a new identity, but we also get a new inheritance. And the inheritance that our heavenly father has given to us is not one of earthly value where thieves come in and steal and where moth and rust destroy. The inheritance that our heavenly father has afforded us is one of heavenly value in everlasting life. It can never be taken from us. Somebody here today just needs to hear these words. You matter. You belong. You have a name. You have an identity. You have an inheritance. The God most high has given you a place and a position of priority and prominence today. He sees you and he's calling you to him. And if I had to put my finger on, on maybe one thing that, that this passage is teaching us, it's trying to get across to us today, it's simply this. Whether it's a crooked spine or a crooked soul or anything in between, Jesus is able to make it straight. Whether it's a crooked soul or a crooked spine or anything in between, Jesus is able to make it straight. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the severity. Whatever's bent out of shape in your life, Jesus came to straighten it out with just one touch. That's all it takes, just one touch. And that which has been out of shape, that which isn't in alignment in your life can be made straight. And maybe it's silly, but as I was preparing for this message and just this whole week, I've just had this image of a water hose in my mind. I've been thinking about this like for days. Any of you that have done any watering with a water hose, you know that it's never good when this happens. You get a kink in the hose. You get a kink in the hose, things don't flow the way that they should. The hose doesn't function the way that it should. And, and I can't help but think that there's some people here that there's a situation in your life that's looked like this. For some time, maybe for some, some of you years, maybe decades, And I just believe that today through the power of the Holy Spirit, with just one touch, that this is what the Lord is gonna do to that situation in your life. And that all the kinks are gonna be gone. 
It's gonna be made straight and in alignment. And that in, in that area that, that you thought was too broken, was too messed up, was over and done with, you'd, you've come to accept it for what it is, that, that God's gonna redeem it. And that you're gonna see the Holy Spirit flow in your life today in a way that you never thought was possible. And that today, instead of walking out of those doors, bent over into, crushed beneath the weight of your burden, your situation, your circumstance, you're gonna leave through those doors standing up straight and tall, with hands held high, praising and glorifying God because of the work that he's done in your life. So if that's you here today and you would say, Pastor Blake, there's a part of my life that's bent. There's a part of my life that is, it's, 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 it's crooked. It's, it's not in alignment. I'm dealing with something that, that the, the sheer weight of it is, is crushing me. And I just need Jesus to touch me. I need Jesus to touch me so that I can be straightened out and be made whole. Whatever area of your life that is, if that's, if that's you, then as the band leads us in worship, I just wanna invite you to come forward and I'd love to pray with you. And I'd love to believe along with you that Jesus is going to do a miracle in your life today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you were inspired by the message. For more information, visit www.thechristwalk.com. 